is a Momentum Media production. Inside Commercial Property with Rethink Investing. Australia's largest and most comprehensive podcast covering all things commercial investing. G'day, how you going? Phil Tarrant, co-host. Inside Commercial Property, hope you're well. I'm with the team at Rethink Investing. It's a bigger team. It keeps changing. I don't know how I keep up with this stuff. Uh, it's a business that's moving at pace, much like interest rates. Uh, you never know where it's going to be the next day. But uh, I enjoy this podcast. I enjoy spending time with the Rethink crew, if I can call them that. I don't think I'm part of that because they've never invited me to their Christmas party or anything like that. So I'm still on the outer, working hard at it. But my co-host on this podcast, Scott O'Neill, director, Rethink Investing, could be friendly and kinder to me, would be my feedback, but I'm not going to get into that today. Scott, how are you going? I'm well, mate. Brutal, but uh, Brutal, a good but reminder. Fair. Brutal, but fair. The old Christmas party. The old Christmas Feeling party. Feeling left out. Yeah. Do you, do you do a lot of team stuff? Uh, yeah, we do. I the... saw you on a boat last time around. Some fancy yeah, we did, boat in harbour. We did a, a rooftop in Surrey Hills last time. Okay. That was good. Yeah. We did a vote with the team, you know, what's everyone want to do this year? Like, uh, the boat was a distant third. So oh, was it? staff didn't want the boat. The problem with the boat, much like commercial property, is that when you're in it, you're stuck. You can't sneak yeah. away quickly. You've got to ride the course. Yeah. You've got to ride uh, the course. You see what I did there? That was pretty good. Unless you get one of those uh, water taxis and everyone sneak watches in, you leave. Sneak out, yeah, yeah. That'd be you sort of waving, <laughs> waving to the masses. <laughs> Heading off to drink the better champagne somewhere oh, else. No. No, you've got a good team. I've met a lot of them over the years that we've been doing this. And, uh, yeah, you can see that the tempo and energy you have in, in your business. And I think you've really carved out a niche, not just this, this podcast, which is exceptional, by the way. Um, but you've, you've, you know, in what is becoming a sort of cluttered world, buyers agencies, but you've really worked out what you're really good at and you've focused on that and you've done it well. And I think you speak to any sort of business guru, they'll say that's probably halfway there to being successful. Yeah. Oh, like I talk to a lot of buyers agents in the industry and that's the biggest bit of advice you can give them. You've yeah. got to do something slightly different, have your niche. It's not just about, oh, like we buy positively geared property and, you know, it's uh, going to give you capital growth. Like that's too generic. Everyone's saying the same thing. Mm. You've got to be an expert in your area, whether it's a suburb or a and a specific asset class or, you know, you know, I know there's a few guys with a stat, you know, statistician type angles, like they're, they're all good angles and they're unique. Mm. But yeah, it's very cluttered. Like when we first started, there's probably only two dozen buyers agents. It's crazy. What do you there's, reckon there's, there's thousands now? now? Well, it's funny. And if you don't mind me chatting about another buyers mm. agent, and I think you sort of making reference to them, I caught on the other day, Arjun Paliwell, right? Yeah. And um, talking about it being a cluttered market, you know, his view this is thousands of buyers agents now, yeah. right? Sort of thousands of buyers agent, which is good. And and I've been very pro buyers agent from the get go. Most of the property I've bought through a buyers agent for all the reasons I've spoken about beforehand. You know, we we created our uh, podcast network for the basis of supporting education, all that sort of stuff. So you know, most buyers agents, good buyers agents, are very collegiate and they do what they're doing. But you know, speaking about being cluttered, his view, and I'd like like to see your sentiment of it, but his view was that. There is so much business out there for this nascent industry that the future is buy for buyers agents. Like you, you think it's cluttered, but that's, you know, in politics they call it the Canberra bubble, right? You're so absorbed and obsessed in your own little world, you think everyone's across it. But you know, the percentage of real estate transactions, resi that go down now, I don't know what commercial is, but resi transaction that go down as a buyers agent is still all but a fraction. Yeah. You know, it's all but a fraction. It, I'm guessing five percent, maybe. You know, if you think about 500,000 property transactions every single year and 
a third of them are around property investment. So yeah. a lot of room to grow for this sector. Oh, 100%. And uh, yeah, look, I, I know Arjun well, went to his wedding. He was, did you go uh, to his wedding, did you? He was one of our um, first clients back in the day, wow. bought a few and like he loved it. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. And he sort of like, oh, I want to get into this industry after that. So yeah, no, uh, I've uh, known him from about seven, eight years ago. So wow. yeah. He's done well, you know. He's done well and yeah, um, yeah like we spoke about all this stuff as well. And mm. um, was well, super collegiate, right? And I like it. And, yeah, and I like, like, like you it. said on somewhere I heard you say, like the sales agents are pretty brutal against each other because they're territorial. Like it's an ultra saturated market. Yeah. And it's an old industry, 100 plus years. And mm. they're not all friends. Like they're literally oh, it's bagging each other out or, yeah. you know, the professional ones don't at least. But um, yeah, it's territorial. So buyer's agent, it's green fields. If mm. you know what you're doing, you can everything you do will expose a new market. You don't need to burn someone down or take work off someone else. You can create new work and that doesn't take work from someone else. So we're in a growth phase, but it is getting harder. Like it's not like it was five years ago, like where there wasn't competition. So things like the online marketing place, we're talking offline, doesn't work as well because the algorithms of Facebook and Google cost a lot more to propagate your message Mm -hmm. around. And, um, You've got to have a some kind of unique angle uh, or really good funnel of leads through referral partners or whatever. Yeah. And that's that's how you get ahead now. Well, what, you know, and I've worked with you for a number of years now on, on this podcast and, and what I like about what you guys do and also some of these other buyers actually talk about these sort of collegiate, this is cadre of really good operators and I think they're the engine for growing this and creating value to Australian customers. And the reason why I like working with people like yourself and some of those other people is that we share the same, we share the same views towards democratization of information to help people make more informed decisions. And that's what we, that's the reason why I do this podcast. Um, you know, navigating conversations with people that work in property investment and those people who are investing in property, just to share those information. So, you know, education, information is the engine for driving forward this and making sure people do things better. And this is what sparked interest with me because I only heard the other day that you guys are sort of expanding out even further and doing new things. You know, this podcast inside commercial property. We've been pretty brutally honest around property investment, commercial, what it all means. And in many ways, the education and the insights and the interpretations and the analysis and just the general discussions we've had has been very much, I would think, a driver. We're never going to be able to measure it, but a driver in expanding people's mindset around property investment outside of resi into commercial. And I reckon that, I reckon there's been a a change purely because we've done what we've done. And that is the the power of education. So when you told me you're launching this rethink commercial education, I was like, okay, well, that's pretty expansive, right? It just adds to this. But then I sit there and just go, wasn't that sort of running counter to what what you do? Because people, you know, they they leverage your capabilities through a buyer's agent to do it for them. And you're saying, hey, I'll show you how you do it yourself. It's, It's intriguing. So wanted to spend some time having a chat about that today. And you've Brought in one of your colleagues who's working through Rethink Commercial Education with you, uh, Adam Stewart, in the studio. And you can see him on the video. I think this guy knows a few things about e-commerce and property and commercial education and commercial investing in general. I think he is a commercial property investor, Adam. Is that true? I am. I am, Phil. Uh, That's how I started my relationship with, uh, with Scott or how we got introduced. I was looking for the best buying advocate out there. And everyone else was too busy and you ended up with him? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> the, 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 when I first rang up Scott and the guys at Rethink, I, I did my research. I'm a pretty detailed guy. Yeah, I could tell. And I did my research and I wanted the best to be able to, obviously, when you're putting your hard-earned money um, into a 
a decent new investment because I hadn't, I've had residential before and mm. I, I still do. I wanted to find the best out there. And there, where Scott kind of, when I first had that conversation with Scott, I could tell that he's got the velocity, he's got the volume, mm. he's got the relationships. And they were the parts that I was trying to bring to the table to be able to make that investment. And I'm a big believer of trying to get the best experts in to be able to help you personally, to be able to take next steps on your investment kind of portfolio and and your journey as well. And if I can steal his 10,000 hours of research on commercial property and take a slice of some of his connections with the network and he'll give me a good property and propose a good property, and he has. Mm. I've got two commercial properties at the moment. I've got two residential properties that will probably move across into commercial. So you're one of those people, are you? Well, I think it's just, yeah. Well, I think it's over a period of time because you're just not getting the returns off the residential. I I caught up my account the other day and we'll chat and chat about sort of yields and cash flow in resi property at the moment. It's just uh, not there. Hey, let me tell you, if you've got a big portfolio, when interest rates go up, the numbers look yeah. different pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. But this is the nature of the beast, you know. It's it's You're up, you're down, you're left and right. Inherently, if you're investing properly, you're buying the right assets, commercial or otherwise, and you can yeah. cover cash flow, you'll be all right in the long run. But yeah. um, So you've got two resi, two commercial. Yeah. Let's chat about them really, really quickly because I know our yeah. listeners are going to be going, oh, everyone wants to know. They're really voyeuristic, right? So yeah. so yeah. what what do you do for a living or what have you done for a living? What sort of What's your background? So my background's been in corporate. So yeah. I've been a senior executive. I've worked in digital for my whole career. So a lot of people say, what is digital? But it's broadly selling on the business side. So I'm not a technology expert. I know mm. technology quite well, but I'm on the business side of digital. And I've worked across the world. I've been in 16 years in the UK, a couple of years back here in Australia. I've been in Singapore. I'm still based in Singapore now, but mm. I've worked for some of the biggest companies in the world, um, CBA, Vodafone globally. And it's how to Giza. use digital connectivity to sell more stuff. That's right. Okay. So what do I do now? I, I broadly gave up on that career about two years ago and I've got a portfolio of assets ranging from property, e-commerce companies. Mm. I do angel investing in technology companies as well. Cool. Equities, crypto, bit of everything. Crypto. Yeah. A lot of crypto, bit of crypto. I uh, did a lot of crypto a couple of years ago. I did a lot of crypto. Yeah. Sounds yeah. Like <laughs> we did a lot of crypto t- probably two years ago. I think um, we sold at the top. Yeah. Lucky. Um, when we're just dollar cost averaging back in. Did I see the SEC come out today and hammer and crypto? I think um, uh, one of the big coin. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, so, mate, it's huge. Like, it's a lot of people going, oh, God, like yeah. they're regulating against this stuff. That was today. Do I read there, that properly? There needs to be yeah. some regulation come in. Yeah. I think it'll help out the whole market because it's a bit. You still believe in, you still think it's good? Digital yeah. currency? Yeah. Still over yeah, it? It's yeah. the way forward. Yeah. 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 No, I think. Um, if you stay at the top end, I mean, obviously all the altcoins and meme coins and stuff like that, and, mm. you know, with a disclaimer, I think there's a lot of maturity to still happen in that space. But if you stay at the top end of the Bitcoins, the Ethereums and stuff like that, as a long-term investment, I think you'll be okay. And is that a time your investment in Bitcoin and be smart about when you get out and chuck it into a an asset like property? Is that like a play that you see a lot of crypto guys and girls doing? Not so much because I think that... A lot of the guys that I speak to on the crypto side of things is they get the adrenaline. Yeah. So when they're making the money, they're yeah. waiting for the drop to be able to take it back in. Are they the secure investors? No. No. They're there for the ride. That's right. Yeah. 
So they see short-term gain and they chase that. Mm. But they play the market well in a sense of they're in and out of the market constantly to be able yeah, to make the money. It's a full-time job if you want to do that. It you is. You've got to be obsessed with it. I don't it know. Is. You a crypto man, Scott? Uh, yeah, I always do the opposite. Buy high, sell low. So I don't <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really. Uh, look, I'm, I'm boring literally – 99% of my investing energy goes into commercials. So I'm like, I feel like I've got an inside training advantage on that. Yeah. And yeah, I'll play around like, you know, just like I would on Sportsbet with Ethereum and, you know, all those uh, major coins. But um, yeah, I, I've, I'll just stick to property because you get very good deals. But, but yeah, it was fun when it was going up. You literally saw it. I played with commodities for a bit. That was even That's worse. Right. You, you're an engineer by trade. I was trying to work out how you guys get on so well. I could see why you've got, you know, and why you probably went with Scott and using him as a buyer's agent to start with, right? Like, you know, you've got a, it's a sort of game of attraction, right? You've got actually, you know, putting aside that he's probably capable of buying commercial real estate. you got to like them, right? you got yeah. to, there's got, got to be some, <laughs> yeah, got to be some chemistry to the relationship, yeah. 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 Well, I'm sure it'd be vice versa too with Scott, you know, in a sense of like if I was turning up on the phone and saying, mm, yeah, saying the wrong things, then Scott would probably say. Yeah. Did you hear that a lot? Do you go, do you just sort of go, mate, I don't want to work that person. <laughs> oh, and you, you put, know a, what? put a little X in there in the database on it. <laughs> All jokes aside, what has really helped with customer relationships is this podcast because mm. they listen. and They think they know you. 100%. You yeah. know, they say, oh, the voice sounds like, you know, it's on the radio. Like, you know, mm. it's weird seeing you in person. Like I get those comments all the time. But I remember when I first started a buyer's agent, uh, agency, I felt like you get shooed out of the room. Like they didn't want to borrow you. Like, because there was no branding behind you. You're just some guy trying to take someone's money. That's a how Snake oil salesman. Exactly. Yeah. I do not miss those days because I'm not a salesman. I hate selling. And that's basically why I did engineering because I wanted to basically – Hide build stuff and not have to deal with selling ever, yeah. you know, like, but, um, yeah, it, it, this side of, uh, it's good. Like the clients are, we become friends, half the staff are clients, you know, exhibit A, we've built businesses with clients. Like it's all sorts of great things have come out of it. So I, I guess, you know, and this whole idea of making passion your paycheck, right? Like, you know, finding people to work within your firm is probably, you know, easy to attract them because they're just inherently connected with the purpose, right? Yeah. You know, and that makes your job easier, finding good people to work with. Yeah, stuff, it hasn't, like obviously the last few years in Australia, it's been very hard to get stuff, but mm. um, like there's two things that work for us. Uh, yes, we're a growing young company, but people like the buyer's agent industry. So if we were a legal firm or an accounting firm, we would not be getting many choices. But uh, yeah. yeah, it seems like we do get first choice at least of good staff. Like so, is it, so you're telling me it's cool to be a buyer's agent? It seems like it's in flavour, for sure. Oh, yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? But Jesus. Uh, it's pretty cool to be a podcaster these days. Yeah, that'll be like, the next wave. And an influencer. Oh, no, they're done. No. Nah. No one likes influencers. No one likes them anymore. Yeah. No, they're commoditized. But uh, it's cool to be a podcaster. You ask yeah. kids at school now, what do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. And I go, really? Yeah. God, why would you want to do that? you got to speak to people around commercial property all day. Now, there's a lot of podcasts coming out, though, isn't it? That's there really, is. There that's is. the new thing. Anyway. Got in early. Well, there, but, but the content is good, Scott. Like, this is back to this sort of this this sort of logic around education, right? How this is a great medium, great mechanism, you know, and it's a real privilege to be able to do stuff like this to actually talk about stuff that people. And I've got to, I'm conscious about it, and I've got to sort of reset sometimes the calibrate around it. Where what we sit here and talk about, we might just be yeah, a couple of guys talking about property, but people are sitting there taking notes and mm -hmm. taking action. 
you know, so there's inherent sense of responsibility that we get it right, you know, and if you think about the way the world's working right now in terms of, you know, machine-based learning, generating content, you know, the whole notion around disinformation, which is the deliberate delivery of information was incorrect or misinformation where people just hear something which isn't correct and they propagate it. Yep. It's a dangerous thing. And the courage for that or the ease for the courage of that to perpetually just drive people's behavior in the wrong way is huge. So like, we've got to get this podcast right because if people are betting a farm, you know, it's not like throwing a few bucks on on Bitcoin, right? You're betting a th- farm on the, probably the biggest wealth creating decision you're going to make. We've got to make sure we get it right. And we get it right most of the time, you know, I think. But you guys are trying to get even righter with with rethink commercial education. Tell yeah. me what's going on. So, so there's got to be a new platform for driving education. Yeah. So I'll, I'll explain it from my side of then Adam, because mm. we come from both very different angles. So I really have enjoyed this podcast and our book with educating clients. Um, he always brings up the book. <laughs> but the, the truth is it, it's so made it easier. Out another hundred pages, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah you, okay. You're not getting in the first one now after that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, coffee. But no, truth behold, like the more educated the clients are, the better it is to work with them. We've had thousands of incredible results of clients. So like it's it's my purpose as a professional, like, you know, building the business, being more influential in this space to you know, move more people from other asset classes to this because it works. And, you know, the longer we do this, the more we know it works as well. And, but there was a gap in the market. When we first started trying to get people into commercial, no one wanted a bar of it. They were like, all the risks, those myths everyone hear about, like the no capital growth one, the vacancies are always long and forever happening. You know, we've got to break those down. And, you know, the book helped then, but really this podcast was the big one because it was like a constant reminder that, you know, this is not a flash in a pan asset class. Like Mm. this is where generally most of Australia's wealthiest people hold a large amount of their wealth. Like family offices target this and a big chunk of their forever, you know, wealth is in this. Yet everyday Australians have missed the boat. Mm. We're all buying houses and many, like you get some people buying 50 houses if they could. It's just a total missed opportunity. And um, this podcast has turned a lot of people in it. So that's then in turn, it's helped us grow as a company. It's also made the clients a lot better to work with because they're educated. And then they question us and they've got their own opinions. Brilliant. Because we don't want to be there just giving them orders and say, buy that. That's not, you know, again, we don't want to sell it. We want to position an asset in front of them with all the numbers the upside, then they make a call and they make calls quick and they reject things quick. Great. Mm. And, and, but there's still a gap in this because we only do this once a month. And that's been one of the feedback we've got for years. People want us to do more, but we, you know, there's time constraints. We literally can't keep just pumping this out and it wouldn't be as fresh. So I wanted to do something better than just a book, which is just something someone reads over a few weekends. And the commercial education course has never been done properly in Australia or never been done. We This is like literally an online e, e-commerce platform, which is essentially like a degree in commercial property. It's very detailed. It has everything from the best lawyers in the country talking, providing free advice. You hear me, you know, on every single topic you could imagine, and we'll, we'll create new content along the way. We've got one of the best property managers in the country that literally is pre-recording videos and offering advice and best practice templates for leases, how to deal with conflicts. with t- Like it's literally the most detailed thing we, you can possibly create 
with all our knowledge of about 10 professionals. So, but yeah, Adam came along and we were just discussing this one day and just happened this is his background and he was a client and he was saying, oh yeah, I felt there was a gap in my knowledge there and and I'll let him explain it. But we collaborated to create Rethink um, Commercial Education and it's, yeah, it's going to be a very big platform that goes across the country and it it will tell us how to do our job as buyer's agents. So Look, I like the idea of it and and I'm sure there's some boffin out there who's tuning into this because that could work this out for us. And I, the, the point that I I take from you, Scott, is that the more inf- – I've made two points. The, the first, before I get into it, the first thing would be one of the biggest misnomers in being a property investor is that it's a real passive, it's a real passive, you know, investment. It's not. It can be blood sport you know, and you need to be highly engaged, connected, and right across what you do. If you think you just buy a property, sit around, you don't have to do anything, you're an idiot. It's not the way it works. And if you do do that, you're probably buying the wrong properties or you're going to blow your dough. Yeah. So you've got to be super and hyper involved. So taking that into consideration, a point you made was that the more informed and educated your clients are, the better you can do your job. That means that they're participating in in the process of identifying the right property for the right reason and I know why and I know what the outcome is going to be. And you would like to be working with them versus people who are disconnected or, or not that involved. So for the boffins out there to work out this inverse thing of the more educated you are, the better the the propensity of getting a better asset and a better outcome is, I'd like to see that. But how do you go about democratizing that? How do you actually extract that information that's in your head, get it out more prolifically in, in the market? So that's where Adam comes in. So what you're you're the guy who's got the hard work trying to get the musings out of out of Scott and extracting all the value out of his team and packaging it up in a way which is digestible, on demand, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's right. And I think I think we've done a really good job to pull it all together. As as Scott said, it's probably a definitely a, a deeper step into the information that's probably coming across on the podcast. And it also allows you to connect to a community as well, um, which is going to be a closed community and give you access to some of those experts on a live 24-7 type of uh, Pretty setup. Cool. It's like a phone a friend. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then have live masterclasses and then downloadable resources as well, which just allows you to fast track your learning through that process. And as you said, Phil, I think the one part that a lot of people get wrong is that property investment is passive. Mm -hmm. It just happens in the background. But those conversations that you have with the finance broker, the the conversations that you have with the property manager once you've got it, the conversations that you have with the lawyers is by yourself. And there's a lot of processes that sit around that to be able to get to a settlement point and then managing the asset afterwards as well. And there's a lot of decisions being made there. Mm. And what we're trying to do is basically give people the best insights from the best experts in the market in small, sharp snippets of pre-recorded content, as well as having access to the live community to be able to ensure that you're getting the best out of the asset that you're going to purchase as well. Yeah. And that's not being passive. That's right. This is really being active. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think that, and I went through that with my commercial properties. So, you know, I made the decision that, you know, a couple of friends of mine bought commercial properties and they were telling me the returns. And I knew that that was the best way forward, not seeing it within my residential properties. I sourced Scott 
Mm. Um, the buying agency side of things, and I, I said to Scott, find me the best property you can. What did you, you get? Just tell us about the commercial property you bought, if uh, you don't mind. Uh, yeah, so so one's, uh, both are industrial, yeah. both up in Queensland, one okay. just outside of Brisbane, one more in regional Toowoomba. I think people in Toowoomba tell you that they're a big city these days. Uh, was it 170,000 yeah. population or something like that? Yeah, centre um, of the world. Yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> both off market, I wouldn't have had access to them yeah. publicly. The numbers, I'm a numbers guy, you know, mm. digital is numbers. So that's where my background kind of is. Yeah. I completely got that. And I think uh, the properties that have been brought on board into my portfolio, no, and I can openly say within nine months of the purchase of the first one, I was offered a million dollars above what I purchased. Really? Yeah. Why don't you sell? You're a madman. Uh, Further upside. Yeah. 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 There's further upside on so it. So you're able to, yeah, okay. But at least then you've got to reset your valuation and you could. Agree. Yeah. And in, I've, in, in I've super already or outside done that. Inside or outside of super? Outside of super. Okay, yeah. So you can yeah. do a lot more than any sort of That's stuck right. inside of super. But, yeah, yeah, so capital gains within 12 months is always a bit of. How did you manage that? Did, did these guys just fluke it? Or you reckon they, uh, it was it was an informed purchase? They've been, been tuning into the, <laughs> no. But, I don't know. You tell me, Scott. But, uh, it was self-managed, under-rented, had a few hairs on it yeah. and they sold it with all that in mind. Um, okay. So the shorter lease as well. So it was just a typical like someone let go of it and they didn't we, – we knew the rents were surging as well in the market. So even if you brought it up to market, you know, Brisbane's Absolutely. still growing at 15 20% rent values per annum as well. So the upside's just still going. Like there's five years of it yet to hit. Same with Perth as well. The, the rents are – Really climbing, and um, it's good to hear. Yeah, no, all the and Hobart, like we'll we'll do a future episode on Hobart. There's big things happening there. Like basically, they're not building enough of this stuff. It's like a you know we've mentioned it, a housing crisis, but for industrial property, there's mm -hmm. not enough of this space around. Interest rates have risen, so that means there's less owner occupiers buying. They've become renters. There's less building going on. Yeah, there's more people moving to the country. So if you've got a good capital city or major regional center, um, that building is just worth more because the replacement phase, even since COVID, they've gone up 60% now. So the value's in the in the building. Mm. It doesn't matter what's going on with the tenant. That's just the upside. But um, but yeah, they, it was under-rented. You, you'll explain a bit what you did with the lease, but yeah, there's sharp increases you can get when you buy a little bit of a distressor. And it's not distressed. It's just an under-utilized asset. They're the best sort ones, right? If you can yeah. see the value before, you're paying wholesale for retail upside. You yeah. Know, why not? So, yeah. so, but you, you fiddled with the, the lease, you sort of Yeah, that's uh, the second it. one. Oh, yeah. yeah, the second one, the, the first one that I was just talking about is coming up next year. Mm. But we've refinanced that already. Okay. Taken some out and reinvested. And they gave you the vowel that you were offered on sort of the one mil up. Uh, just bank. underneath. Okay. Which is okay. Which is pretty good from a bank side of things. Yeah. And yeah, while so, you refinance it, well, yeah. it's up back up 70%. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. A little earn. Yeah. What'd you pay on the way in? Uh, how much? Yeah. 1.88. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good. It's a nice drink. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, and then the second one, uh, cold storage. Okay. Industrial. Yeah. So, Scott gave me the numbers behind the shortages behind cold storage, I which was an attraction. Cold, yeah. Yeah. Hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there is that shortage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and uh We've just agreed a, a new five plus five year lease on that one. Um, the tenant's been in there for over ten years. What, what sort of stuff do they keep cold? Like meat. 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's and, going up in price. Everyone's complaining about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, he's right next to the airport, so I think he flies it out internationally as okay. well from my understanding. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we've just uh, agreed a new lease there and uh, I've got to put some solar on the roof as a part of that agreement, but um, there's upside on that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's tax-effective yeah. as well, sort of capital yeah. expenses and stuff. There yeah. You go. Yeah, so those two properties have outperformed all the other op- – asset classes that I've had in the last two years by mm. country mile. Not only just giving us the equity growth and the refinancing, obviously, to be able to reinvest, which is some of the other stuff that I do as well, but yeah. also the cash flow returns as well, which is just outperformed because obviously with the market where it's been, but yeah. it's kind of working against what the rest of the market's been that's, doing, that's, which is great. That's what you need. And I'm, I'm conscious, Scott, that we always tell the good stories around mm. Commercial property investment, that, that all sounds good and, and you'd be, you know, a lot of people be thinking, oh, no, yeah, it's a no-brainer, right? You yep. know, commercial property, you, you get ahead, educate yourself, you'll be fine. But we've got to tell some horror stories in commercial property as well. Like, yep. you know, tell the other side, probably not through you guys, but I'm sure you've got people <laughs> coming to you which have sort of legacy portfolios which haven't performed and you could probably deconstruct some of them for us. It'd be handy. Yeah, look, there are horror stories out there, but they are few and far between, like, because... It's a sophisticated world of investing. Mm. Um, if you avoid the bad asset classes and, you know, tiny towns that are just depleting with people, like what we deal as a company when, you know, a client calls us up stressed, it would be that in-between tenancy period. That's the stress moment when everyone's going, oh, my tenant left. They've been there eight years. What do no I do? Income. If it's industrial, it's almost a good thing if they've left because you're going to get more money in most cases. Retail's a bit slower. Office, um, like the office space we buy as a company is generally suburban office or, you know, fringe type stuff. Um, they're normally occupied by like your lawyers and accountants, um, mm. suburban type businesses. So they, they feel pretty decently. But um, yeah, like it's the vacancy. That's when it goes wrong. There's not much out that if you do your due diligence period. But Yeah. And, and you know, we probably do a, an update on this because we spoke about about four or five months ago, but I reckon my commercial stuff now would be negative cash flow, right? That This latest... Um, Did you do 100% debt on your one? No. So you, you'd need your one to be at about 10% interest before you're negative. Yeah, it's, well, it's getting close, right? Oh, because it's your super. It's in super. Yeah. yeah, you should do a little cash flow, but um, your yield is yeah. quite high too. Yeah, so you'd is. probably almost need a... A ten and a half, eleven, because you're getting return on the cash yeah. that you've got in the deal. You'd be probably close to yeah, seven point five net yield in that. Mm. But um, yeah, probably super funds are. So have a chat about it because you know, which okay. Did you do a eighty percent loan? Seventy. Seventy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Seventy. So look, it's the, the world's changed, right? Yeah. The markets yeah. change. That's what they do. But yeah. sort of pain. So so what's next then? What's you know. What's next for rethink commercial education? Are you, you you're keeping your cars pretty close to your chest? When, what's the, what's the game plan? Is this something we can expect soon? Yeah, very soon. Um, so go on to rethinkcommercialeducation.com.au. All the information's there. You'll see how we've structured the course. You'll see all the details behind all the modules and lessons. We're launching it in cohorts. Okay. So we'll take a select number of people through the course in a very fast track way to be able to upskill those people over about eight weeks where we've got the live within that as well. And then they've got access to the community ongoing. But uh, yeah, go to Rethink 
commercialeducation.com.au and all the information's there. The proposition will evolve and we'll keep evolving it. And if there's any feedback from the first cohort, we'll just include it into the course. And that's the beautiful thing about digital, that we can just keep optimising it from the feedback that we're getting. Yeah. You're going to be selective about your first cohort. You want to try and like align it with the right people. I'm sure people will be like, oh, I want to be in this quick, hurry up, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think... I mean, we'll open it up to everyone. Mm. I mean, Scott's got a damn good following like the podcast has as well. Whether it's existing clients, I think we'll get a mix. We'll get a mix of people that haven't invested in commercial before that want to make the leap and want to educate themselves like I was two years ago. And I think you also probably get some investors that want to be able to have the right conversations with the right experts like property management the mortgage brokers and stuff like that, that just want to level up a little bit more to be able to take their portfolio to that next level. And we're just taking the information in a more detailed, but giving them the resources to be able to execute at speed rather than having to do the research phase, Mm. if you get what I mean. Yeah. And you've been getting a lot of calls, Scott, last couple of days of interest rates gone up again. What do I do? Please. People getting jittery. You, you look look at the papers and interestingly, though, stuff. yeah. No, look, honestly, no. And the main reason is, I think we're all having an opinion that next year rates will come down at some point. So yeah, it's going to look, and it changes day by day. Yeah. But um, you're not making a decision for today's rates. You know, that's basically the, that's the fact of it. Like you want to look at a ten year rolling average of rates, and where are they going to be? No one knows. But um, I know that there's a lot of pain that's going to be felt in other parts of the market before we're hurting. Um, mm. That's how I've always looked at it. So that pain will lead to decisions being made at some point. It'll have a cause and effect on the economy. The more pain that is in that area, like your first time buyers, your family that's bought their first family home and someone like there's going to be issues that will, you know, become all but political and all sorts of stuff will happen. And we're right down the line, you know, when commercial starts getting hurt, there's a whole lot more important stuff that's going to get hurt And that's why that. there's a certain degree of sophistication just to be investing in, yep. in commercial, yep. sort of higher price points, bigger deposits, yep. you know. We're, and we weathered the storm. It's like you with your portfolio. You're not going to go mass sell off everything. No, you've planned for this stuff. You've got buffers. Every single commercial guy and girl that's invested in this would have done that. And if they haven't, I don't know how they bought the property in the first place. You know, like the banks would have made it hard enough for them not to buy it, I would have thought, because it's yeah. it's larger deposits too. And most people are buying with a big chunk of cash deposit there. So, yeah. you know, I had one of my clients who, you know, he's bought four properties with me. He did the calculations on when's it turned negatively geared. And for him, it was 11% interest rates. And, uh, and he was buying with 70% deposits each yeah. time. A bit more forgiving, isn't it? Yeah. As long as you've got the cash in there, like, because you can't do 100% debt all the way along with a portfolio. And if you did and you've bought sub 5% yielding commercial properties, you're in trouble. Mm. But no one does that. You've got the large deposit and you're buying 6 7 8% net yielding assets and maybe you've held them for a couple of years so they're, not, they're now 9s and 10s in the yield factor. So it's really a protected world due to the type of investor in that space. And we're seeing it on the uh, coal phase because volumes are down. No one's desperate selling. If they're not getting the price they don't want, they're just going, well, stuff you as the buyer. We're not accepting that ridiculous yield. I'm just going to hold. That is a daily 
rejection we're getting as a buyer's agency, people just holding and holding. And the longer you hold it, you put the rents up and all that sort of stuff. I yeah. guess also, you know, talking about pros and cons, investing in commercial property and super, and no doubt you cover all this on Rethink Commercial Education, the new platform they're creating. But um, investing in commercial in your super is, is so forgiving because, well, you know, normally you're in at sort of 30% or 70% LVR. But you got two streams of income, right? You're getting the income you're generating from the actual rent and you're also getting the income that's you're generating through your contributions. Yep. So, you know, it's two speeds. So if you've got to sell down commercial property in your super because you're distressed, something is going pretty wrong. When yep. you when if you do a maximum contribution, what's that? Fifty five thousand dollars a year, right? Just in in flow coming to your super yep. fund. You they pay tax and stuff on it, but And before you, know. you get to your commercial, you would have sold your all your shares. You would have sold your car. You would have then sold your investment properties and then your family like it there's a lot of things that happen before that commercial property gets offloaded. Yeah. It's last in the line or second last behind your family home. Probably maybe. family home. Yep. Yeah. And look how yeah, how many people are in well, they talk about this sort of family insolvency happening right now. You know, I think the the interest rate announcement earlier this month was like fifteen percent of Australians now are sort of negative, yeah, negative cash flow, right? Or families are negative cash flow, i.e., they're spending more than what they're bringing in every month. But I, I was reading only today that they're still saying that there is a huge amount of savings on family balance sheets as yep. a result of COVID, and that's what continues to fuel inflation because. You know, yeah, they might be in, you know, the immediacy of monthly negative cash flow, but they've still got savings, right? Yeah. That's, that's buffering it out, which exactly. is good and bad, right? And it's I, not going to slow, slow the economy. It's not going to slow inflation at any point soon. That's going to be sticky for many, many years. Yeah. And it is worth mentioning, like, because we are pre-recording this one in uh, June. So mm. this, we're talking, like, obviously we're in September yeah. while this comes out. But yeah, this this is why all these facts and figures are coming out mm. now. And yeah, you're right. Like the, the interest rate's just gone up. Yeah, but um, but yeah, early days. But we haven't seen many people really uh, come back and worry about it in the commercial side yet. Mm. It's kind of like the same old. If you haven't been hurt by the first three uh, percent increases, like you know the last few uh, that have hit us aren't really going to change the world. But yeah, I think where you will see a big change in the world is when the rates come down because there's going to be a big reason for that, a recession. And then people who have money are going to go pretty hard at that point because that will represent the bottom of the market. And it's a very clear indicator of, of you know, this, it's the biggest macro prudential, isn't it? Interest rates, you know, depending on what direction they're going, the flow of money changes suddenly. So, yeah, there would be good buying until that interest rate drop yeah. happens, I believe. Yeah, cool. All right. Informative as always. Hmm. So what's the URL we need to know? Rethinkcommercialeducation.com.au. It's also linked from Scott's rethinkinvesting.com.au website as well. So yeah. well, I look forward to checking it out. Let me know when it's live, you know. We'll do. Maybe you let me be one of your first cohorts, part of it. Yeah. I can be more informed. I could do this job better. I look forward to uh, the, the criticism. <laughs> sort it out for the rest of the clients. Yeah, no. Nah, but, but, but <laughs> yeah, you know, Adam made a good point that, you know, it's going to allow you to really drill down to a lot of the concepts we talk about. And I'm conscious that we – we, we talk about cap rates and then we move on. Like people are probably sitting there scratching their head going, what's a cap rate? Yeah. You know, so so we we, we sort of, this is sort of assumed knowledge we expect that people are tuning into this. So they, if they don't know, they can go and check it out and come back. This yeah. And this will probably resonate with them even more. And as a like buyer's agent, because we're just dealing with this every hour of the day, like you've become numb to the decisions people are making. And that's mm. probably one of the things that Adam had with his experience because like we know what we're doing like it's very second nature to us so you know something about like a, a lease renewal might be frightening to someone who's never looked at it but for us it's like oh that's that can be great 
you know, there's up, like upside here you go, like, but talk to your lawyer. Don't do all the negotiations only via the um, rental manager because they want a, an easy day. They don't want to push the rents higher, cause an argument. They don't want the legwork. So little things like that will make you a lot of money with commercial property if you just do the right thing. But yeah, we forget that sometimes that you don't know the answer straight up because mm. there's so many things going on in a transaction too. Yeah. And I think it's the timing of when you have to do those actions as well. And what we're doing is just ensuring that those processes are all mapped out so it's very easy to follow. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, yeah. I look forward to checking out. Uh, thanks, Cam. Adam? No. It's good to see welcome. you, mate. Great to yeah. be in here. Thank when you. When are you off to Singapore, back to Singapore soon? Uh, Saturday morning. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I'll be back soon, though. It's good. And yeah. Scott, uh, good to see you, mate. That's uh, good. You too, mate. Let's keep at it. Let's keep doing Great it. Great as always. Yeah, Inside Commercial Property. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Remember to go and check out, uh, well, you go to rethinkinvesting.com.au or rethinkcommercialeducation.com.au, two different URLs there. Any feedback, I'm sure you guys are happy to take it on, right? Of you course. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be able to work out how to do that. Just, yeah. I'm sure there's a contact thing on the. There is. Yeah. 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 Um, go and check it out. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, that's, uh, this is Solomon of Inside Commercial Property. We'll see you again next time. Until then, bye bye. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature and does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Guests appearing on this podcast may have a commercial relationship with the companies mentioned.